Alan Cross joins the program right now from a Journal of Musical Things and the Ongoing History of New Music. Alan, there has been some recent reinterest in um, songs like NWA's F of the Police. Yeah, what's happening is that people are going back into their libraries and into uh, streaming services looking for songs that kind of sum up the way they feel about the way things are going these days. There has been a very, very big dearth of uh, protest music over the last 10 years. People have rather have shown that they would rather just put up, you know, a, a thumbs down on Facebook or change the icon on their Twitter, Instagram, you know, that that kind of thing. So we're, we're having to dig deep, you know, in the case of NWA, going all the way back to 1988 for some protest music that's that suits the purposes of, of today's today's world. Yeah, the uh, the tracks all whopping 272 percent increase on uh, demand between May 27th and June 1st. And that is compared to a week before. Uh, George Floyd's murder by the police officers that have since had their charges upped. Um, and now I understand we're, we're onto the memorial uh, services for Floyd. Um, on top of that, there have been other protest songs that are doing quite well in streaming services. Do you want to run through a couple of them? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, freedom from Beyonce um, doing very well right now. Uh, Public enemy fight the power again, doing very well. This is not America from Childish Gambino, which came out a couple of years ago. Fantastically powerful video. That's seeing a surge in interest right now. But there is some new stuff as well. I wrote something for Global News that will appear, that actually is appearing right now, as a matter of fact, about uh, entering a new era of protest music. Uh, Just in the past week, I've had a deluge of uh, new material and uh, th- that, that really tries to sum up how everybody is feeling right now. One of the most important releases of the week is by an Atlanta group called Run the Jewels. Their RTJ4 album is out today. You may have seen Killer Mike doing some of the press conferences from Atlanta, commenting on the George Floyd situation and the protests. Uh, they had a million dollars worth of pre-orders on this record, but then on Wednesday they decided, no, we're going to make this available for free download across all the services because we believe the message is just too strong and too important right now. So that's uh, that, that record was done long before the protests began, but it sounds like it could have been written last week. Uh, there is a 10-year-old girl who does all three parts, guitars, bass, vocals, uh, or guitar, bass, drums, and vocals on a uh, Rage Against the Machine song called Guerrilla Radio <laughs> that's making the rounds. Uh, and she did that for Black Lives Matter. Uh, She's adorable. Oh, she, oh, you saw that? Yeah, she is. Yeah. Adorable. 10 years old. Man, that kid. Incredible. Rocks. And then the, there is a song uh, from a rapper called uh, YG that came out shortly after Donald Trump was released. Or sorry, was uh, was elected. This is back in 2016. It's I called, think released works unleashed. Uh, <laughs> it's it's called FTD or FTD. Yeah. You can probably figure out the DT stands for Donald Trump. You can probably figure out what the F stands for. Yeah. Uh, and then um, what else is out there? Oh, there is a woman by the name of uh, uh, Courtney J who wrote a little song that's making the rounds on Twitter called Bunker Boy, in which it's a nice little folk song. It's about 45 seconds where she talks about Donald Trump hiding in a bunker last Friday when uh, protesters surrounded the White House. You know, these songs are more than just a, a soundtrack to, you know, accompany your protest. Black culture's always had a history of, of using music to get their message out there and across. And 
um, uh, you know, right down to uh, slaves in in fields, you know, singing. Yeah, uh, I mean, the- pro- protest music goes back, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years. Uh, they, you know, by the time we get, you know, the 1200s and 1300s, you have bards going across Europe, uh, you know, spreading the news of what's happening in various wars and various kingdoms. So we've been doing this for a very long time. Yeah, so it's interesting to me that now that we're starting to record things literally with our phones, that we're still seeing uh, new protest music. It it shows that uh, there's still uh, artists that want to express themselves through the form of, of music and tell that story. Well, a couple of things here. First of all, everybody has been in lockdown for what is it now, 12, 13 weeks. Uh, they've had nothing better to do than watch TV, uh, surf social media and absorb what's happening in the world. Everybody is frightened and afraid by the whole COVID-19 thing. Everybody is frightened and afraid by the economic situation. Everybody is wondering what's happening with police brutality and racism. People are worried about, uh, you know, the upcoming hurricane season. They're worried about murder hornets. Lots of stress right now. A lot of stress. So uh, the, the conditions are ripe for an explosion in protest music, something that we have not seen in a very, very long time since maybe... Oh, God, since maybe the uh, the early 90s, when hip hop really began to take hold uh, and a lot of people talked about police brutality following the Rodney King beating. So this is a moment that we may not have seen in terms of fertile musical ground for protesting in 30 years. I think there must be a balance that's got to be met, though, uh, with the optics um, when you record a music that is going to be. Um, embraced during this time period, because if you are a white artist who's wealthy, the optics could be bad. If you are a black artist that is struggling, um, the optics could be, uh, this is anthemic. What do you think about that? Well, it's, it's possible. Um, I don't look at music that way. I just look at something that is going to try, that, that encapsulates the zeitgeist of the, of, of the, of the moment. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we can look back, you know, through the years, we don't know who is going to be the person who is, which is going to be the band, who is going to be the artist that captures that. I mean, we go back 50 years ago, 50 years ago, last month, actually, you know what? It would be 50 years ago, almost to the day where Neil Young and Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young wrote Ohio after the right. National Guard opened fire on those students at Kent State University. Uh, they, that song was written and recorded in the stores in three weeks, which back then was an amazingly quick time. Uh, we now have, we don't have to go through the record labels anymore. It's very possible that with what we've seen over the last 10 days, two weeks, that there is this huge amount of material in the pipeline that is about to, or has already exploded onto streaming music services. We just haven't, you know, seen it yet. And we don't Mm -hmm. know which ones are going to rise to the top. The Run the Jewels album, like I said, is, is, is very, very important this week. It's probably the week's most important record. Um, but I think we're going to be seeing more as people who have nothing better to do than record stuff from their home uh, put out more material. I feel like I have to admit, I don't look at um, music from that lens as well, the lens that I, you know, with the optics of what, you know, what the musician looks like normally. But I think that right now, uh, especially, you know, sitting here and, and just uh, examining how important optics are, and visuals are. I just thought I'd bring that up because I wondered if that would come into the discussion. Um, no, no, that's 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 a, actually a wild card right now. It all depends on uh, how this evolves and how this how this develops. Alan, it's always a pleasure having you on the show. Thanks so much for joining us.
You're welcome. All righty then, Chris, have you got a couple of Crescent Cuts that can safely get us to almost the end of the program? Yes, definitely. Okay. Um, and I get some some songs. You know, you were talking to Alan Cross about some protest songs and songs that sort of speak to this time. And uh, there's a few songs that, uh, or two songs in particular that I heard last year, and they came out sort of mid to late last year, that uh, sort of moved me and made me start thinking about these uh, racial issues that we're all talking about right now. And uh, one of them is from Gary Clark Jr. I played his uh, Instagram message a couple of days ago. Terrific guitar player. Um, and uh, he, uh, he does a, a really great version of Ohio with uh, Leon Bridges. I'm not going to play you that one, but that's a song that what? Uh, you I want to hear it. About. Alan Cross was talking about it. <laughs> yeah, after I'll the Kent State that- Massacre. Exactly. I'll tweet that one out, but I wanted to play some original songs. And this is one that he wrote. Um, it's called This Land, and it's a song about, you know, making it and getting to be a property owner and then not being made to feel welcome in what is now your community. get into some gary uh, clark jr oh, chris i you know what stuff. uh it sounds like uh it's very funky but it also sounds at the t- like he's they've been inspired by like Soundgarden and the grunge right yeah for sure and uh, well. he's a, a guy from austin texas features in the foo fighters uh documentary series um sonic highways and uh a terrific guitar player and that's a terrific song for these times another one comes from a, a group of well white brothers from the uh southern states Hansen? and th- no <laughs> the avid brothers and okay love they them. and they put together a great song that came out last year again uh, about sort of that struggle with trying to be proud of your country but also trying to come to terms with some of the things that are shameful about your past I am a son of Uncle Sam And I struggle to understand the good and evil But I'm doing the best I can In a place built on stolen land With stolen people We are more than the sum of our parts all these broken homes and broken hearts God will you keep us wherever we go Will you forgive us for where we've been We Americans And I would encourage you know uh, anyone I'll tweet both of those out I, I'm hoping that they don't license that. You know, uh, musicians can license it for commercial use because that to me, I just honestly, when I was listening to it, I thought that's really well put together. And it also has mm-hmm. all the hallmarks of like somebody hanging laundry on the line. Yes. You know, well, that, that's the like great a- thing about an Ava Brothers tune. They're all they've got that like terrific folk sort of like 
down home sound to it. And, uh, and I think that, you know, especially from guys like that, guys from the South who have, uh, can speak up and become allies. I think that's a, a big deal and, uh, and reach out to their audience. And again, mm -hmm. a guy like Gary Clark Jr., who is a black guy, but a lot of his fans are white and for him to be able to reach out to them through his music so that they can understand that experience or at least uh, recognize that experience that he has uh, I think it's a it's a big deal and I think it's you know what it, right now I'm doing a lot of listening I don't I don't want to be I don't think that it's up to me to take the lead on this these kinds of conversations and I'm listening to stuff like that 